The name of the pod was our last, best hope for peace. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, the year the Great War came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2259. The name of the pod is Babylon 5. Episode 39, Knives, in which an old friend of Londo comes seeking a significant favor, and once again, strange things are afoot in Sector 14. Coming to you live from the portico of the Centaurum, this is the third most popular Babylon 5 podcast in the galaxy, the name of the pod. I am one of your co-hosts, John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by... Chris Tatro. Chris. Third most popular? The weather is second most popular. I, I, I think you're being a little I'm ambitious sorry. there. Oh, fourth most popular. Mm-hmm. The Babylon fifth most popular Babylon 5 podcast. <laughs> we're, we're some... In this, in this arm. In this arm of the galaxy. Of the spiral yeah, galaxy. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely in the top 104. That's right. On the rim, in the rim, though. Most oh, absolutely. It. We're off the charts in the rim. The number of downloads that we get from... Uh, from, uh, from Zaha Doom. Yes, from Zaha Doom. <laughs> we're, they're, they're, they, they, love, they love our hater uh, attitude out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I said, you know, hey, the, you know, we're, we're live from the uh, from the Centaurum, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the uh, the Centauri Republics, clearly their sort of, you know, the the Republican Senate, mm-hmm. uh, where behind the scenes of our dear friend Londo Malari, all manner of intrigue is uh, is 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 uh, is being hatched yeah. uh, against uh, uh, against. Long, long-term, long-standing mm-hmm. family friends. Right, right. And his, Londo's ally in all of these, you know, uh, um, plans and, and schemes, you know, Lord Rifa. Machinations. Machina- that's exactly yeah, the word Lord I was Rifa, looking for. Machinations. Yeah. Thank you. Can, can we yep, edit that? Yep. So I don't sound like an idiot? Probably not. You'll sound like an idiot in some other way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Did I say that? Mm, I'm sorry. Boy. That's very negative. Uh, the seventh most popular Babylon Five dropping, <laughs> dropping. Um, no, but all of the all is his his ally and all of these machinations. Lord Rifa, um, you know, yep. seems to be more active and and moving things more apace than Londo was aware of. Um, you know, and and certainly not consulting Londo in this. It's it's you know who's wearing the pants in this relationship. It it's Rifa. Clearly, yeah. yeah. I mean, Lord Lord Rifa uh, is, without question, uh, working working sixty hour weeks, mm-hmm. you know, back on Centauri Prime, and uh, you know is moving what he thinks is the sort of Rifa Londo agenda forward. Well, it's um, the Rifa agenda. You know, it's know, the Rifa agenda. I think Londo yeah, yeah, is a fair. tool in many ways. Yep, uh, but yep. he's. I don't think he's seeing it as 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 Londo as an equal partner in this. I think you know Londo is a means to an end. He has access to whatever he has access to right. in order to, to be able right. to to pull off these these horrible massacres. Um, but it's really just a, a, another another pawn in in Rifa's game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's I think that's entirely yeah. that's entirely true. And, and Londo's. 
as you as you said, you know, the fact that he was unaware of these moves against the the family of a you know one of his closest friends, um, right? That he's he claims to be unaware of what really happened to Prime Minister uh, Malachi. Right. Um, it it makes me wonder if Londo is maybe not anywhere near as good at this game as <laughs> as he would like to think, um, which ties in nicely with what we saw, um, you know, a few weeks back. But with Veer, um, you know, oh, the, the assignment here was a joke. Well, you know, maybe that's why Londo was here. It was a joke assignment. It was, you know, not someplace they were going to put their best political manipulator. Um, they were just going to... Yeah, we're certainly invited to think that, aren't yeah. we? Right. Uh, Rifa is playing a very complicated game near the center of power. And, you know, Babylon 5 is in neutral territory. Mm-hmm. It is it is the wilderness for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, this episode suggests that Londo is not doing his due diligence. He's not paying enough attention to what his partner in crime is doing he's not getting enough face time maybe i need to go back and see what's going on on homeworld right you know uh that, yeah. that he he really isn't paying enough attention mm. and who knows what's going to happen you know great maker what is going to happen if he's not paying attention to it that's going to implicate him and his family right i mean we're already getting you know they're 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 throwing this other family under the bus you know right maybe to, to cover up what even what Rifa and Londo have been doing themselves is, I think, the implication. Uh, you know, get For them sure. out of the way, and uh, yeah, it's it's you know, he, he, Londo claims to have a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of allies back on the home world, and uh, any of them could have been filling him in on this stuff. You know, he, quite he, nobody, quite. nobody was, even if Rifa was too busy to take his calls. And, you know, the, the, the degree to which Londo seems caught, caught out, caught off guard, mm. kind of over and over again in this, yeah. uh, is, is pretty shocking given that he was sort of trained from youth to participate in this honor culture, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you, you, you maybe all this time spent with with humans and Vorlons and Bimbari has has taken the edge off what should have been second nature. Well, but maybe he just never had that edge, right? You know, maybe right. he was he was a good swordsman, but not much good at anything yeah, else. Yeah, and he right? wasn't even the, he wasn't even as good a swordsman as his friend Urzo. You know, he that's right. Maybe Londo was just has always been one of these like. B level kind of movers within the within the Centauri court, uh, right. thought more right. of himself than necessarily he was capable of, and right. uh, got put out to this this Babylon Five posting. And I mean, as you say, it's the wilderness. What you know, what is the point, or what is the the the, the relevance to what's going on on Babylon Five? To anything that's happening back on the home world, you know, it's or or even in the war, you know, from the perspective of, of sitting on Centauri Prime, right? You know, what what's being accomplished? What is Londo's importance? Not much, 
you know, they're, they're okay. They're the humans are playing this little diplomatic game. Fine. We'll let them, right. we'll give them, we'll give them, I don't know, Londo. Um, right. And, right. And that also ties in with why he, maybe he was so attractive to Morden. Exactly. Cause he's too dumb to, to, to sort of see the games that are being played around him. Yeah. He doesn't have an awareness and that might make him more susceptible yeah. to suggestion, yeah. right? You know that uh, you know you've you've got you've got in Londo what appears to be, or at least what we what we appear to be being given is the story of what happens when a B list member of an A list family, mm-hmm. you know, starts to act above his station mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And you know, you can only imagine that in a gossip on our culture like this one, his spirited defense of Veer yeah. has to read as, what is, what is wrong with you, Londo Malari? Mm-hmm. Right. This Veer Kodo person, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve your, your, you know, the mantle of your legitimacy, such as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so telling to me that Rifa didn't, you know, isn't consulting with him, isn't talking with him, mm-hmm. isn't, you know, and was sort of like, oh, well, if that's something that you feel strongly about, I suppose I'll have to take that under advisement. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then only later does Londo, you know, kind of learn that, no, no, it's already done. Right. Right. Rifa didn't say, Londo, you're, you're too late. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, you know done in the can and we're going we all people are already around arresting his family yeah you know it it doesn't Um, seem like that's the sort of thing that if londo were the prime manipulator that he presents himself as could have possibly happened without him being aware of it yeah right he would have gotten and since messages before his friend shows up on the station he wouldn't have needed to get the news from his friend directly right right and 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 the fact that the friend, Urzo, is taken aback when Londo says, Oh, my dear friend Lord Rifa mm. suggests that the Rifa faction isn't publicly touting their storied connection with with uh, <laughs> the glorious house Molari. He's not important enough. You know, surely that he's not important enough, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and you know, Ur- Urzo uh, let's just say that he feels his perspective very strongly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, this uh, uh, infantile or pinhead <laughs> or imbecile, you know, uh, uh, Emperor Cartagia, you know, anyone who's connected to that deserves, uh, you know, the full measure of scorn. Right. And, uh, and you know, and, and they assassinated a noble servant of the Republic. Right. Malachi is a noble servant. He's a servant mm-hmm. of the Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a he's he's not a legitimate target for these kind of noble assassination games. It's, it's within the rules of Centauri manipulations and operations. He should have been off limits. He's they've, off. Limits. They've broken the rules. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, they've broken the. You know, they've broken the dignity mm-hmm. 
of their station. Right. Right. You know, when, when I'm watching that, I don't know if you remember from the, you know, from the Dune movies and from the Dune books, you know, the... Uh, I recite them to myself uh, every know, night before I go to yeah, sleep. You know, that, the, the, you know, Baron Harkonnen, mm-hmm. you know, throwing that scroll from, uh, from Duke Leto, mm-hmm. you know, the forms of Canley have been obeyed, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, in these, in these cultures that have ritual assassination practices or ritual combat practices... Romans, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, medieval Italians, mm-hmm. Centauri, yep. right? They're all they're all the same, right? You break these rules at peril of your of your gravitas, mm-hmm. of your of your nobilitas, of your dignity, right? Right? Yeah. Right. Comes back around to the honor discussion that we had a few weeks ago, also. You know, right. what is right. what does it right. mean? Um, and and every society seems to have it and to cling to it in a different way, right? Um, and right. and even the war with the Narn, Urzo sees as as a violation of of the honor. Yes, um, you know he's you know you you can't say you can't build a, an empire on um, the. I may have it written down here somewhere. Nope, don't. Um, you know you can't build an honor on on the uh, you can't build an empire on bloodshed. Uh, you know it, right right it, he. he he, and he's he's seeing through all of the you know all of the 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 shady obfuscations that are being thrown up he knows right. someone assassinated uh the, the prime minister someone got us right. into this war for political you know, oh, well, who might that have been uh, you know certainly yeah, uncomfortable exactly. for londo but uh yeah yeah, yeah uh you yeah. Know, orzo had it on the he's 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 figured out a lot of what's going on here that that uh uh, it's too bad he that he wasn't in more of a position to make that kind of information, you know, uh, public. But but yeah, his position at home is too weak. Yeah, and that's probably why right. you know that he was singled out is because you know he's he's able to put these things together. He maybe even he he spoke to the wrong person about his suspicions, and that's sure. why his family sure. was targeted. So, oh, I, I I think that even though we're not we're not painted a uh, you know, paint by numbers, you know, one, two, three, four, that's exactly what happened. Right. You know, uh, Urzo clearly has no trouble speaking his mind. Not at all. He's clearly a Turhanist, if you want to mm-hmm. label these things in a certain way, yep. right? Instead of a, you know, a, a, Cartagian? a, a Cartagianist, mm-hmm. a Cartagian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that he sees as Turhanted, that the only outcome for this war is either at 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 best the material ruin of the centauri state and of the centauri people mm-hmm. at worst the moral ruin right of the centauri people Be- and the material yeah. ruin both both are at real risk mm-hmm. because what what's to be accomplished in this war you know do we right. occupy them again well the reason that we you know, backed out was because it was ruinously expensive. Right. So, right. You really propose to recreate what clearly didn't work. That's your plan. Right. We've already done this. Yeah. There, there doesn't seem to be to a which lot. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of thinking of, of what's the, what's the end game here. 
Well, yeah, I mean, to, to, to Londo, the end game is the game itself, right? Well, we're going to rebuild our empire because the Centauri are a people of conquest and we, we are meant to rule, right? Even the Romans... You know, look, the, 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 that was not the... It looks like it, mm-hmm. if you don't pay any attention. It looks like all the Romans cared about was conquest. No, what the Romans care about is order. Mm-hmm. Right? And if the Centauri cared about order as much as the Romans upon whom they're based cared, they wouldn't care at all about the Narn. Right. Because the Narn are, are within their own context, pretty orderly. Mm-hmm. You know? If the Centauri never provoked them, yeah, there would be no, there would be no con. We've never seen the Narn behave in a way that is territorially or militarily aggressive towards the Centauri. No, absent a provocation. No, they they don't seem to be expansionist right. in and of themselves. In fact, I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they had. Uh, the means to travel interstellar distances before the Centauri right. showed up. And they, right, right. Yeah. Go all the way back to Midnight on the Firing Line. Episode 1, Season 1. The Centauri destroy an, a defenseless agricultural colony. Over and over and over again, we get examples of the Centauri destroying largely civilian institutions. Mm-hmm. If the Narn were the military badasses that they'd like everyone to think they are, surely one of these stations that the Centauri attack or defeat would have a a proper military presence. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, back to, you know, back to, uh, to, uh, to Urzo and the Turhanist kind of way of thinking, this war against the Narn is is corrosive to to the integrity the spirit the soul mm-hmm. of the republic mm-hmm. and it must not either happen and now that it's happened it must be stopped mm-hmm. well you know you don't get you don't get the the framework of aristocratic disorder that the rifa types want which we've talked about five times already on this program mm-hmm. In the absence of a war that rallies simple-minded Centauri to the flag, mm. while uh, while their manipulators carry on their grand guignol that they always carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to be able to name your enemies to some sort of like you know traitors list to be rounded up and executed if everything is peaceful and there's no there's no threat to the state i mean you can do Correct. it but it's it's a heck of a lot harder to, uh, to to make that happen in 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 times of peace and prosperity you know you when right. you're when you're in a war footing and things are already more tense and there is an identified enemy okay well then you know everybody's a little more on edge maybe you know, more likely to to believe these accusations of treason, and less likely to, you know, you you can you can do a much better house cleaning, uh, you know, if if the barbarians are knocking on the gate, than you can if you know, gold is flowing freely through the streets and everyone is is happy. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
I, I liked the way in which we get a nice parallel between Centauri politics and Earth politics. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a, a leader replaced by a clearly inferior product, mm-hmm. right? Um, machinations going on behind the scenes. And, and of course, they're very different because the societies are themselves very different. Mm-hmm. You know, again, one of the great strengths of this program is how it continues to build up layer by layer, like sedimentary rock, mm-hmm. uh, a an understanding of these cultures and how different they they ultimately become from each other. Right? You know, one of the one of our earliest critiques was, you know, give give us more and give it to us faster. Well, you know, not, not, now that we've had five or six opportunities to lay down an understanding of what the Centauria are and what they're about. It's like, oh, okay. Now these things going backwards start to make more sense and we can anticipate things more, Mm -hmm. you know, going forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I I thought the the parallel uh, was was intriguing. Mm -hmm. You know, now obviously we don't know anything about and are not given anything about the internal affairs of the Vorlon. Um, but if you look at the three, the, the, you know, the three of the four powers, the Mimbari, major political disruption. The replacement of caused, a leader right, by an inf- right. you know, same, same thing is happening right, there, too. Right, 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 right. It's the same yeah. thing. Uh, now, mind you, in the Mimbari case, it's Delenn's, it's Delenn's own action that causes it. But, yeah. we, you know, we've, we've, we've gone down that road. Yeah. Folks, you know, you want to go back a few episodes uh, previously and... Uh, you know, have a listen to that mm-hmm. if if you're if you're not quite remembering the, you know, the way that Mimbari politics have been evolving. But you know, I, I I'm struck after watching this episode by how stable and orderly the Narn regime appears to be. Well, I don't know that we know. We haven't gotten much about appears. Yeah, yeah. We haven't we right. we haven't had a spotlight shown on what's going on on the Narn homeworld. To the extent that we have now had a couple of episodes looking at at affairs back on Centauri Prime, and right. a, a couple of glimpses yeah. of what's going on with the Gray Council, so right, uh, yeah. It, Jakar has reported back to the Kari mm-hmm. a few times, and they have given him instructions. Yeah. Right, there doesn't appear to be any internal uh, uh, destructive dissent in the Kari. Right. Nothing's like nothing's... there is in the Centaurum or like there is on, you know, on, on, on mm-hmm. Earth. Again, we may just not know that. Right. Right. But I think given how, how intricately the parallel structures have been designed, mm-hmm. the fact that we have not been given, you know, a way to look at the Narn that invites us to make the same conclusions, mm-hmm. at least to me, is intriguing. Yeah. If it were, if it were a point that, that JMS wanted us to make note of, it would have been, it would have been dropped. It would have been dropped in front of us. Yeah. I think so. I mean, maybe we just haven't had time and I haven't looked over the, the upcoming episodes to see if we have anything that's giving us more of an insight on, uh, on the Narn homeworld. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But those are sort of some takeaways, you know? Yeah. Um, I, um, uh, you know, you, you know, in the pre-show, Chris, we talked about how, how uh, uh, kind of uh, Renaissance Italianate mm-hmm. this uh, 
this honor uh, duel. Mm-hmm. You will now, by virtue of having killed me, you know, you now become pater familias of my house, and everyone becomes house Malari. Da, 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 mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you know, we've read enough of our of our um, you know mi- mi- medievally themed fantasy novels mm-hmm. to, and we know enough about medieval Italy and, and Rome as historians mm-hmm. to know. Well, yes, of course, this is how this this is how this plays out. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's it. It's very interesting to me that that they are so, you know, the Centauri are, are, I think, more kind of Renaissance Italy. We've seen space Romans, you know, plenty of times. You know, the, the, sure. the classic Star Trek, you know, original series had them in droves. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. your Romulans, your, your, your Klingons to a degree, but more so the Romulans. Okay, we've, we've done space yeah. Romans. We don't need to go back to that. But the the yeah. level of the yeah, the Romulan Praetor. yeah right. exactly yeah, yeah it's yeah. all over the place there um, the 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 tenor of you know the the Italy of the the Medici's and the Borgias and and that sort of right. thing um, you know I, I think it makes for for a much more interesting culture uh, much deeper. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to do a culture that's that's really all about the political manipulations, that's where you want to go. Sure, that's the way sure. you want to go to. And and we're going to take a, a minute here to recommend some stuff. Uh, if yes. you if you like Centauri culture and the games that they play and the dualist culture and that kind of stuff, um, we cannot recommend strongly enough the novels of K.J. Parker. Um, not science fiction. Correct. Uh, it's it's sort of alternate historical fantasy um, to a degree, and correct. And you know, in a, across her, we'll say her, uh, because K.J. Parker <laughs> is a pseudonym for and for years was not known who this author was, and then it was it was discovered or announced, and and I immediately became sad. I wanted to go back to a time of not knowing, and there was that mystery. That's right. That's right. Um, but uh, uh, you know, there's the the there's the the engineer trilogy um, where uh, there's there's you have this this very you know late medieval Italian uh, kind of um, cities, these two cities that are that are in conflict, um, and you there's there's even a, there's a there's a, a is it called the fencer trilogy or the duelist fencer, fencer trilogy. trilogy yeah fencer trilogy yeah. was great yeah um yeah. so you you get this kind of flavor of stuff all over the place my favorite of her novels is the folding knife um which is yeah that was good. a little more roman um you know in but there's you know there's there's you know banking and finance are are a huge right. part of the of the background right. of this you know not we're not, not talking fantasy with like magic and dragons and stuff but um but more kind of alternate history you know is, could could be our world just turn it a couple of degrees and call everything a little bit different um yeah yeah there are no there are no elves no but right, you know, there's none of that kind yeah. of stuff. But if you like, if you like, if you're a big fan of the Centauri, and and honestly, who isn't? Um, yeah. You know, I would definitely you pick up pick up anything they've got at your local bookshop and uh, yeah. um, and start there because because I haven't read a dud of hers yet. Yeah, I I started with Devices and Desires, mm-hmm. the, which is the first book of the Engineer trilogy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it is it is rare 
to be completely in mm -hmm. the universe in like a page and a half, right? Mm -hmm. But wow, KJ Parker at you know his or her worst is like this is pretty good, mm -hmm. right? At at his or her best, mercy. Oh, yeah. God. Somewhere uh, in the and, middle of the and, second. And the writing yeah. is so good. It's, it's you really know? outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's in the uh, second book of that trilogy where I was, there's a, there's a scene of a, of a bedraggled, uh, you know, group kind of on the run, um, you know, refugees, uh, you know, making their way across a desert. And I was, and it was just like, it was just excruciating to read. Not that it was, right, not right. that it was bad or that it took too long and it wasn't like Tolkien describing every tree they went past but uh, uh, it was just like it's it just it's wrenching yeah um, it's visceral so it's visceral. so so good yeah yeah, yeah. It, in the in the sort of new NU umlaut mm -hmm. fantasy yeah. you know that's sort of your George R.R. R. Martin going forward mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, yeah. KJ Parker is is without is without peer yeah. And a lot of these people are great. Mm -hmm. I love George R. R. Martin, mm -hmm. um, but K.J. Parker's tighter. The writing's better. I, I yeah, the, no, no argument there. Yeah. No argument yeah, there. Yeah, the characterizations just pop. Yeah, right. Now, if you if you like this kind of Italianate Renaissancey kind of thing, but you like your fantasy a little bit more character based and maybe with some of the hard edges, kind of kind of uh you know sanded mm -hmm. off um another author frankly who's without peer is named ellen kushner and she wrote a a, a novel called swords point that uh what did we read at chris maybe now coming up on 30 years oh, ago maybe? yeah it was definitely it was yeah. around the time that babylon 5 was on the was on the air um, yeah it was a long time yeah. ago uh, a beautiful novel a mm -hmm. uh, couple of sequels um set in a kind of you know, fantasy Venice. Mm -hmm. um, but her language is is extraordinary. Parker's is really uh, visceral, raw, mm -hmm. uh, 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 you know, sort of ag aggressive is not really the right word. But, you know, these are sentences that are uh, that come at you not with the force of their adjectives, but with the force of their verbs, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and and it's like know, a fencer. Kushner's right. Yeah, like a fencer, mm -hmm. right. And Kushner's language is much more, uh, you know, kind of gauzy mm -hmm. and, you know, more, you know, it sort of has this more of a flow to yeah. it, perhaps. Than, but the books are Parker much does. smaller, much shorter. Kushner's. Swords, Kushner's Swords books point is, are, are short. Is, yeah. is super short. You know, I think I read it on a, on a plane. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Parker's books are usually 400 and change. Yeah. yeah. Um, and rarely have they ended, and I didn't want more. You oh, know, totally. And, and totally. it's one of these things where she's written, you know, eight, 10, 12 different, you know, different books, different, you know, pieces. And I keep looking at them and go, and occasionally names of places or that's ideas right, will be reused. Right. I'm like, how does this world stitch together? And I don't think it does. I don't think right. there's a coherent sort of larger world, which is, which is in some ways unfortunate. And, and in other ways, it kind of lets the reader do a lot of the heavy lifting. It's uh, no, but the world uh, is similar uh, enough that they could all be connected, right? I could not draw a map, no, of 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 Parker Planet, mm -hmm. but I firmly believe it's all one place, mm. right? 
you've got the uh, uh, well, you know, we, we'll save that for our KJ Parker podcast, sure. right? Going over what does the map look like? But geez, Louise, I, I would be shocked uh, if someone on the internet has not already done this. I'll try to find find some. Oh no, they have. Into the show they notes. have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't. I don't know that I've encountered the map that persuades. Mm-hmm. Fair, right? Um, but then Parker has made no effort to tie these things together. Nope. Right. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. If if you like the Centauri. Definitely. And you haven't read K.J. Parker. Definitely read yeah. it. And the same with uh, Ellen Kushner. What do you think about Joe Abercrombie well, as a, you know, in, in this kind of Centauri vein? Uh, you know, I, I, I love Abercrombie's stuff. Um, the, the First Law trilogy, the, uh, the, the kind of other books that have kind of cascaded on from that. I don't think I've read anything outside of that world. I know he's done a couple of other couple of other things. His YA series I've yeah. got sort of in my queue half right now. Half a king? Half a king, yeah. half a son, half, yeah. Yeah. And that, that has very much a kind mm. of uh, Centauri kind of honor mm-hmm. system kind of vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, I get, I get much more of a Narn feel from, from a lot of the first law stuff uh, than I, more than Centauri. You know, especially thinking of like, you know, Logan Nine Fingers and, and, uh, right. you know, the, the, the barbarians to the north. And there's definitely a, a very sort of urban, um, you know, polite honor bound society, you know, in the empire, uh, in those books. Right. But it's, um, I don't think it's as deep and flavorful as, as Parker or, or Kushner. Now, so it's interesting because you and I have gone back and forth a little bit on this, nice. that for me, First Law is ultimately about superior Glockta. Mm-hmm. Oh, such right? a great and for character. And for you, it's about Logan Ninefingers, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so we, you know, we, we, we get, there's all these intertwining narratives, folks. Mm-hmm. And C- Chris really resonates to one of them, and I resonate to a different mm-hmm. one, right? So superior Glockta and all of that business in the South. Mm-hmm. Where he's sort of the emergency administrator, and he has to do all of this kind yep. of ugly, kind of gross politics stuff that he has to. That he's ill-equipped that for. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, ill-equipped for, but also he's got a he's got a natural. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he's got a knack. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, you know, you you say it like that, and I can see I can see more Londo. Especially when in the, the stuff in the south and in the other books, when we get um, Costa, the yes, mercenary, yes, uh, you yes, know, that, okay, yeah, yeah I'll, 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 I'll concede the point that uh, yeah. that there's definitely more of an Italianate feel in there than I was than I was initially thinking of. Yeah, no, I think I think really properly only in that second mm-hmm. book, but in any case, yeah. uh, you know, folks, you you can't go wrong mm-hmm. picking up these you yeah. know picking up these books. Uh, particularly if you like this kind of stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that both Chris and I, when we got to the end of this episode, you know, we sort of did our our pre-pre-show emails <laughs> and we were like, eh, that was all right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, we're, we're, we're hitting a lot of notes mm-hmm. that we that, that we that we kind of know. I'm not sure that they've advanced a lot of things here. Maybe there's something creepy in Sector 14, mm-hmm. you know, out there in the B story. Yep. Right, and you know it's useful for Sinclair to now Sinclair mm-hmm. Sheridan to uh, to know more about Babylon Four, mm-hmm. 
But, you know, there wasn't a lot of plot there. Nice piece of character work yeah. for for Bruce Boxleitner to, to, to act, mm-hmm. right? But for me, the meat of this is is all of this Centauri honor culture. Yeah. That was definitely the and, more engaging part of the episode for me. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting that we've got an array of aliens or beings. You know, we've got the, the Vorlons. We've got the, you know, whatever that that thing was in the sleeper ship. We've got whatever comes through and possesses, you know, Sheridan in this episode. There's clearly, uh, you know, a, a, a wide array of, of beings or things out there that are beyond our understanding. Um, yep. And, and uh, you know, and are best not messed with. Oh, guess what we're going to be doing next week? Messing with some of these things. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah, if folks, y- y- you know, if you thought The Coming of Shadows was an important episode, In the Shadow of Zaha Doom, our, 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 our episode for next week, uh, has some of the most extraordinary sci-fi content that you will ever see mm-hmm. in television. Mm-hmm. Un- unbroken, un- unrivaled to this day. Uh, in 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 my uh, you know in my opinion, uh, and that's coming. Uh, you know that's going to be coming up next week. You know, Chris, yeah. we're uh, we're at the thirty six minute mark, mm-hmm. and next week's episode is going to go very long. I suspect. Well, so I just you know so let's, the only uh, thing that I have to say is you know I love an episode where you have so many Centauri hang around. The hair game was absolutely on point. You know the the fellow that they that was absolutely w- that was uh, sort of coordinating the the duel. Oh. You know the the hair was just right, you know, and um and and Orzo uh, Carmen Ar- Argenziano, you know I I swear I looked up his IMDb page. He's been in a ton of things. Nothing okay. that I've seen. Okay, but so familiar to me, so familiar. Yeah, he's, same. he's just he's been all over the place. I mean, probably you know connected to this show stargate he was in uh uh-huh. which yeah. which i never watched but you know i have the 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 image of him in a in a military uniform um, yeah i maybe i caught an episode of i don't know jag or something that he was in at some point yeah um he was in travelers or something yeah, you know he was oh he was yeah. he was good he's a he's a he's yo good. for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah i loved his i loved his outrage yeah right you know that uh, you and it was outrage and it wasn't shouty outrage right which considering that this is another Lawrence Dottilio episode and we've mentioned in the right. past that he really likes his shouty antagonists right um this was and and yet he was not the director right right, right. you know kind of back to yeah. uh you know back to that um yeah. you know our director in this yeah. case is uh is someone named Stephen Posey and uh, I don't remember. In relation to Parker, this name Stephen L. Posey. Hmm. I'm going to INDB. Hold, oh, please. This is this is great. Radio. Cinematographer and director known for Repo Man. Ooh, there you go. Uh, he was the uh, and the Howling. That movie scared the pants off me when I was little. He had the Pud Jesus. Yeah. Oh look. Okay. Uh, this is his only episode. Uh-huh. Of Babylon Five, hmm. okay. But he directed he did, four he, episodes of Deep Space Nine, right? He directed an episode of Space Above and Beyond, hmm. 
and Buffy. Toy Soldiers, an episode I did not like. Mm. Um, and Treachery, Faith, in the Great River, DS9. That's a great episode. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the other three don't resonate. I don't know. I don't know what they are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A, yeah. a good episode. We never said the name of the episode. Yeah, it, I, 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 I say it up front. It's Knives. And, Knives. And, and yeah. as we'd mentioned, we, we followed the master episode guide order. Um, J. Michael Straczynski at some point says that this was supposed to come before Shadow of Zahadum. Um, for reasons we'll we'll talk about next week. I know there are some people who are listening to this and watching the show for the first time, and and we actually got a comment recently on the Facebook page. Thank you for not spoiling too many things. Um, yep. Easy to do when I can't remember anything. Um, so uh, we will. Yeah, we're we're, we're trying not yeah. to. Uh, you know, and, and you know, Chris, to your point, you know, we're, it's not like we remember everything that we've watched. Mm-hmm. We haven't watched this show in yeah. in ten, fifteen, twenty yeah. years, but. I would rather be encountering it again, even though we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to project in the to right. forward. I want to look at what we've been given mm-hmm. and assess it on the merit of what we've been given. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there it is. There it is. And another episode, another good episode done more. Just as you say. Yes. So come back next week for a great episode. Well, the yes. show, I can't really guarantee any right, level of right. quality from us, but, you know. Right, we'll try to be okay, but yeah. in the shadow of Zaha Doom is dynamite. Yep. All right, until then. All right. Bye, folks. See you, Chris.